Would you open God's precious holy word to Ephesians chapter 3. And we'll look at verses, we'll look at verses 14 through 22. Gifts from the Father. I never, I never ever was disappointed on Christmas morning as a kid. I always received more and better than what I asked for. I was 10 years old and we had just gotten cable vision. Up until that point, it was two channels, channel six and channel 13 out of Birmingham. That's it. And one of those, I think it was channel 13, bounced back and forth between NBC and CBS. Channel six was ABC. But Cablevision came out, and we could get five channels, channels two, three, four, five, and six. I mean, this was like heaven. So, channel two out of Atlanta, I was a kid, after school, had Bozo the Clown. Channel 13 had Cousin Cliff. Channel 6 had Benny Carl. Cousin Cliff showed Popeye. Benny Carl would show sometimes Three Stooges and sometimes some other cartoon. Bozo was just Bozo. He died not long ago, I saw. I ain't feeling too good myself. But anyway, I thought, you know, five channels, I could spend my life in front of the television. We had this 25-inch, the biggest you could get back in those days, this console thing. It looked like a piece of furniture. Had a remote control. And so my sister and I never agreed on what to watch. And it got to be Christmas time, 10 year old kid. This may have helped me get saved. I don't know. I was saved later on after Christmas in the next year, 62. But I remember my daddy never bought anything retail. He was a businessman and he always went to the wholesale houses to get anything. Publicly, I was saying I'd like to have one of those neat little reel-to-reel recorders, little thing. I could put it around and put it under somebody's bed and record and go back and listen to it. But privately, I was wanting a television. 
But I thought that's too much. My daddy will never go. I would go with him to the wholesale house in Birmingham and I would think, man, those TVs are expensive. But you know what? Christmas morning, Santa Claus brought me a 19-inch black and white zenith with a remote. And somewhere an elf had run a cable vision line into my bedroom. Now, I'm an older person, and I'm thinking, they were just trying to get rid of me. They didn't want me down there whining and crying, wanting to watch something else. Five channels. Outer Limits. Scare the mess out of me. I'll tell you, I had a, a, I had a megaphone that I got for that Christmas. A megaphone and a Zenith 19-inch TV. And I had a Pekingese. His name was Quincy. I'd sneak him up to the bedroom. Daddy couldn't stand that dog, and he never wanted him upstairs. But I'd sneak him into the bedroom. And I figured Quincy will save me because the outer limits was just awful. It would scare you to death, 10-year-old kid. And when it was over, I would think to myself there in my bed, I'm up here alone. And so I would get on my megaphone And I'd put that thing on loud and I would say, I'm going downstairs now. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> but the point is, I always got more and better than what I asked for. Because it was a gift from Father. Think about that as we look at this. We think about giving gifts in this time of year. How the Holy Spirit through Paul tells us what the Father has given to us. The message overall in Ephesians is to tell us how rich we are in Christ. We don't tap into it like we ought to. We don't believe in it. We struggle against it and we try to insert too much of ourselves instead of just resting in our Sabbath who is Christ. All of this election stuff has people stressed out. Has me, I guess, a little concerned from time to time, but I have to remember what I'm told here. God is always up to something. Just leave it up to God. That's hard for people to do. It's always been hard for people to do. Before I get into the scriptures, I want to follow up on what uh, he said a while ago about the people who are online. I understand more now than ever before how Paul felt when he wrote these epistles to people he couldn't see, but he knew they were there. And you cannot know the time of prayer I've put in for you and for all of us and for everything, but 
I always have you on my mind. Some of you I haven't seen since early in the year, and it's it's difficult for all of us, but God will carry us through it, and we're always praying for you and thankful for those who are loyal and at home with us. Gifts from the Father. Let's look at it. For this reason. For what reason? Well, let's go back and look at it. For the reason, for the truth, for the fact that you are in Christ. That the residence of God has been set up in your life. You are the habitation, the temple, the building. Speaking to those Gentiles, you once didn't have anything to do with the commonwealth of Israel or the covenants and promises. You had no hope of a Christ. But that wall, that barrier, those differences, they're gone. And so Paul now is praying, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father. There's that term, Father. Compassionate, tender, filled with concern. Ever thinking of his family. Give himself, invest himself into his family. Father. Now he's praying to the heavenly father. I bow my knees to the father. There are 10 thoughts here. Number one. From whom every family in the heavens and on the earth is named. Connect the word father to the word family. We are forever in Christ even before we ever were before there was ever a world or a universe we are forever joined to Christ forever in the family the family of God forever now he covers the whole gamut some of us are dead and they're in the heavens Others of us are still on the earth. But we are all part of the family of God. God, our Father. Gift number one, I'm in the family. I have been in the family from before when I could comprehend it. What a gift. Number two, that he might give you according to the riches of his glory. Give that he might give you according to the riches of his glory. Listen, that's not even according to the, to the wants or needs that you have. That's above that. Can you see this? Now, if you go, what was it chapter one where it was, it was according to the riches of his grace. And now, according to the riches of his glory. Let me tell you what this is like. Riches of grace, riches of glory. To illustrate, let's say, I have great need and I've fallen on hard times. 
I have a wealthy uncle. Wealthier than I can imagine. And I go to my uncle and I say, I'm so sorry to come before you like this. But I have great need and have a family. And the uncle says, what do you require? How much? Well, just a month and I can get back on my feet. A month, maybe, maybe $5,000 to take care of my family's needs and to take care of the rent that I owe and the utilities that I owe and the automobile maintenance that I have to have in order to pursue what I'm in pursuit of. Just a month and, and $5,000 to help me catch up and then take care of this month. To which the uncle replies, you should have come to me at the beginning of this thing. You didn't have to wait. You don't have to be shy about coming to me. And he writes out a check and gives it to me. And I go home and I look at the check and the check is half million dollars. My needs were 5,000, but he wrote the check according to his grace and according to his riches. Way above my needs and wants. Now put that in a spiritual perspective and multiply it by infinity. This is our Father. He will give you according to the riches of His glory. May I say He owns everything. There's nothing He doesn't own. He's gracious to give me above and beyond anything that I might need. So his gift to me is according to the riches of his glory, according to his riches and his glory. Can anyone measure his glory? It is immeasurable. The glory of the Father. Thought number three. To be strengthened with power by his spirit in the inner man. I cannot, I cannot strengthen myself in the inner man. We spend a lot of time trying to strengthen the outer man. <laughs> it hasn't worked for me lately. But I can tell you this, the outer man will decline. The farther along he goes, the outer man will decline. That's just the way it is. But if we are strengthened with power by the Holy Spirit, the inner man will grow stronger and stronger. How are we strengthened with power by the Spirit of God? We put the spiritual things of life above everything else, everything else. 
That is, uh, uh, listen, we put the spiritual things of life ahead of family, ahead of work, ahead of school, ahead of friends. We put God first. How do you do that? Well, you start with Bible study and prayer. God will speak to you and you can speak to God. And if you sincerely make it the most important part of your life, let me tell you something. You will get unparalleled spiritual abs. And the spirit man won't even be able to fold his arms because of the biceps. And so forth and so on. Walking with God, talking to God, listening to God. Church life, a priority. Later on, we're going to see in Ephesians that Christ loves his church and gave his life for his church. If church is that important to Christ, how important should it be to me? To be surrounded with Christian brothers and sisters of like faith and doctrine. To study the blessed holy word of God together. To strengthen each other. To be disciplined by one another. To be accountable to one another. To live the life that is the life in which Christ reigns supreme. Now, if that is first, everything else will grow as well. The family life. The school, life, everything will grow if we are strengthened with the power of his spirit in the inner man. We should always spend more time strengthening and attending to the inner man than the outer man. The outer man will fail. It will spiral downward and grow weaker and weaker. But the inner man can through all of life grow stronger and stronger and stronger. A gift from God. Strength with power by his spirit in the inner man. And the things of the world will just bounce off of us. And we will find that this spiritual power that is ours raises us up above the world. Higher and higher as we grow and are strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit in the inner man. Humility before God. Prayer life with God. Studying as a disciple of Christ the word of God. You can't live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is life and this is strength and this is a gift that is offered to us by our Father.
Number four, for Christ to dwell in your hearts. Let me stop there. The word dwell, katakesai, very first word, verse 17. Now there's another word that's translated to dwell, eskenison, from skene or skeno. And that means to dwell temporarily. That's like to build a tent. When it says in John 1 that Christ came and dwelt among us, eskenison is the verb. It means that he came to dwell as a man temporarily to accomplish something that he would accomplish. And when it was accomplished, he would not dwell like that anymore. And Paul says to the Philippians, we strike the rope of the tent. So that's a temporary dwelling. This, however, it's a compound from kata, kata, which means according to or down to, according to. And akesai is from akasa. It means a residence, an established residence where you live, not where you just camp out, but where you live. So this is a permanent word for Christ to establish residence in your hearts through faith. We believe in him and he's at home in my life. Is Christ at home in your life? Christ should never feel uneasy in the lives, dwelling in the lives of his own. For Christ to take up residence in your hearts permanently. He lives there through faith. Being rooted and founded in love. The foundation of it is love. The root of it is love. You see, when Christ has taken up residence in your hearts, Love will be the driving force, compassion, forgiveness, mercy, all of these things that dangle off of the main thing, which is love. Rooted and founded in love, and these other things are built on that foundation. So that thought number five, that you may be able to fully comprehend with all of the saints, what is the breadth and length and height and depth that is of, of Christ's residence and love and all that, that com to comprehend all that Christ has done. Now that's a gift to be able to comprehend all of these things that God has done to us and for us. Let me go back to Ephesians chapter 1. It starts out with the work of the Father, an eternal work that includes you and me, those of us who are in Christ. We are taught the truth from the Holy Spirit through Paul because this is a letter to the saints. We are taught the truth that we are chosen by God the Father from before the foundation of the world. We studied that, remember that? Divine election. Now let me tell you this. The natural man will fight that 
and kick against it. No, no, no. You're giving me a license to sin. I must do. I must act. I must this. I must that. So I have to include myself in this thing. That's not the way it is. Because when God does it, all of these other things are just part of what happens for you. To understand that I have been part of God's plan, that I have been in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that I have been saved from before the foundation of the world is for some reason difficult for people to comprehend. That it's all of God. That I must collapse into the presence of a sovereign God who is all powerful. What does God need from me? He doesn't need anything from me. The aseity of God. The self-sufficiency of God. It is by grace and according to his will, his plan, and his pleasure that he has created me unto himself. That is a study that I cannot comprehend unless the Holy Spirit of God makes me able, enables me to comprehend with all of the saints the breadth and length and height and depth. It can't be exhausted. It is universal. It is universe-wide. What God has done for me it, it never stops from that way or that way or that way or this way. It never stops. How can I comprehend all that God has done for me from eternity past into the ages of the ages? He thought of me. He called me. He graced me. He wrote my name in the book of life from before the foundation of the world. When Christ came to die, he came to die for me. That's what Ephesians says later. He loves the church and he gave his life for his church. That is so hard. People want to kick at that and they want to fight against it. This is part of Paul's prayer. It comes from the Holy Spirit. Gift number five, that you may have the comprehension of how universal and big the thing is that God has done for you and for me in Christ. That you can fully comprehend this. That from ages to ages you are in Christ. No one will ever be able to rescue you from Christ. You couldn't put yourself in Christ. You can't take yourself out of Christ. You're part of a family. You have a father who loves you eternally with the love of God the Father. Can you comprehend this? So Paul's prayer is, oh saints, that you be able to fully comprehend, that you may be enabled completely to comprehend the love of Christ for you. The work of God for you. Number six. Then to know the surpassing knowledge of Christ's love. Whose love? Christ's love. 
of Christ's love. When I begin to comprehend all that has gone before in Ephesians, then I will know how much Jesus loves me. He never forsook me. When I needed to be redeemed, he redeemed me. When I needed sins forgiven, he forgave me. When I needed a fullness of the spirit, he filled me. Someday, when I need to be resurrected, he will raise me and give me life forever with him. Oh, the love of Christ. Then to know, that's a gift from God, that I can know the surpassing knowledge of Christ's love. Number seven, so that you may be filled to all of the fullness of God. My heavens, listen, there's a word. Pleroma, fullness. Plerophete, that you may be filled. Pan all to the pleroma, to the fullness. The fullness of who? God. How big is God? To know the surpassing knowledge of Christ's love, thus so that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. Filled with the fullness of God. I cannot contain that of myself. This means that I am in God. I am in Christ. That's what that means. This is God's fullness. The prayer that the Holy Spirit gives to Paul for me is that I may be filled to all of the fullness of God. He didn't have to say all. Pan. Just pleroma would have been enough. No. All of the fullness. Not, not, what's he going to withhold from you? Nothing. It is a gift of God to understand that I am filled to all the fullness of God. Why am I worried about anything? Why do I feel unable to do anything in Christ? Why? Human pride, the nature of man, you got to outgrow that. You got to break that shell. You have to come out of that and understand who we are in Christ all the way to the fullness of God. Oh, that we may be able to understand and comprehend and know it. That's a gift from God to know who you are in Christ and what you have in Christ is a knowledge that can only come from God. And so this is a gift and Paul prays. I'm teaching you who you are. I'm teaching you eternal salvation. 
that was never yours to take. It was always God's to give. And it is a gift. It is a wonderful thing. If you can comprehend it. And if you can know the love of Christ and understand that you're filled to all the fullness of God. Now he brings his prayer to a close and these are still gifts for me. Fault number eight. To the one now being able, to, able above all things to do exceedingly that which we think or ask. You can't think high enough. You can't ask high enough. He's way ahead of, he's like that rich uncle, but it's far greater than that. To do beyond what you would even ask for. Or what you may even think. What is the highest thought that you have? God, God's ahead of you on it. He's above it. And he's with you. He's able to do it for you. According to the power working in us. We have the Holy Spirit of God. God has deposited himself via his Holy Spirit. We are the temple of God. We are the man, the new man. We are the building. We are in Christ according to the power working in us, not our power. I have no power for this. So as long as the longer I live and the more that the inner man grows and is strengthened, Bible study, prayer, Christian fellowship, Church life. All of these things strengthen me. And there is a power that works in me beyond who I am. And he gives to me all above everything. According to the power working in us. And this is the reason for it all. He's not doing it. To make me feel good, although it does. He's doing it for his glory. To him be the glory, thought number 10. Gift number 10. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. To all the generations of the age of the ages. Amen. Glory in the church. And in Christ Jesus. The Spirit of God joins us together. He gives each of us this strength. And he grows the inner man. And all that we have studied in this passage to this point is for glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, which will be forever. Into the ages of the ages, the distinctiveness of the church in Christ to the ages of the ages of the ages. Amen. We don't understand. We cannot comprehend. We don't even, we don't even, we ought to, but we don't think about the power that is in the church on planet earth today. I've been watching on television the events that, that have been connected to the election and, and post-election decisions and so forth and all the people doing everything. 
And I'm thinking of how Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. Sometimes this world looks like madness. But the presence of the church restrains the evil that is about to come on the earth when the church is taken away. And this, this restraining power that God has deposited, it's the spirit in us working, this restraining power, this preserving power that we're the salt of the earth, this enlightening power that we're the light of the world. So many times we don't even draw upon that. What a great time to enlighten the world. It is automatically happening that our presence here is preserving things and our presence here restraining things from happening. What, what glory there already is in the church and we don't seem to appreciate or understand it or humbly before God stand in that glory. We're the only ones who can teach the world about Christ and about how to live. Nobody else can do that because we're enabled by God, the Holy Spirit. That's us. That's who we are. So why has God given us all these gifts for the glory of the church? To him be the glory in the church. The glory is given to God and in Christ Jesus to all the generations of the age of the ages. Now we're living in an age, the church age, talked about that I think last time, sometime back. The church age this is where we are, age of grace. But it's one among many ages and so many are yet to come. Some have passed, so many yet to come into the ages of the ages. And there will always be this glory that is God's that he allowed to pass through the church that we might be glory to him. And in Christ Jesus, to the ages of the ages. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he came into this world to save sinners. This is the invitation appeal. And if you, if God calls you and you respond to the invitation, we have deacons and deacons wives waiting as you exit just across the hall. And you'll see them in the doorways of the rooms there. The appeal is threefold. Number one. Come to Christ and be saved. Be saved from this perverse generation and lifted out of the darkness of this world. Be saved. Have your sins cleansed. Be covered in the righteousness of Christ. Be saved. Number two, when saved, Follow the Lord's command to be baptized. It's only right once you're saved 
to desire believer's baptism and to be obedient to his command. Number three, saved and baptized. You need to be a part of a church. It needs to be a Bible-believing church, a Bible-teaching church, a fellowshipping church. If you have this need, if God has placed that need on your heart and you would come to Shiloh as this church home, then for all three of those, our deacons and their wives wait to talk to you about it and pray with you. Thank you so much for being here today. Father God in heaven, Lord, thank you for your word. It is precious and it is holy. Thank you, God, that the Spirit through the Apostle has called out to us to be enabled and to comprehend all of these wonderful things, these truths. Thank you, Father, for the gifts that you've given to us in Christ. Now, as we leave this place, we pray your blessings and love upon all who have come today and upon all who have watched by the internet. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.